Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking Like a Bank, where we show you how to think like a bank using the same strategies and principles that banks use to help you find more financial freedom in your life. I'm your host, Sari Ibrahim. I have with us today a very special guest. His name is Ben Humble. He's the founder of Cashflow Tribe, an author, motivational speaker, and personal development mentor who has coached over 2,000 individuals in investment strategy and business development. His mission is to help struggling investors achieve success and impact the public with the willingness to overcome their financial fears. Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, my man. I'm glad to be here with you today. Yeah, I'm so glad, I'm so glad you're with us. Uh, I've been following your content lately, uh, and I'm impressed. I'm, I mean, I think it's engaging. I think it's awesome. Before we jump into all like the technical stuff about like real estate and money, like tell, tell us more about your background and how and, and how you got to where you're at today. So I'm an immigrant. I um, escaped Romania during just before the communist revolution, and we ran on foot. A family of you know uh, five, we were at the time. We ran. We landed as refugees. Came to Canada. My parents had three more kids. I'm the oldest of nine kids. So my story is pretty long. It's amazing. Really thankful every single day for what we have. And I grew up with that mindset that, you know, you've got to go and build out what you want uh, in this life. So for me, it was, you know, growing up, getting into real estate was finding an avenue or a path that could create financial stability, wealth for myself, my family, and the people that I cared about. So that kind of led me to real estate, which for me was just a very obvious, a simple way of building wealth because I'm not the smartest guy. When it comes to book smarts, I failed math two times in high school. So I don't put a lot of weight on that. I put a lot of weight on practical knowledge. As soon as you put a dollar sign in front of that number, it's like I became a genius because I cared about applying it. So for me, it was about like any other immigrant. We got to make a way. And this was the best, most logical way to do this. And that's why I got into business in the first place and specifically in the real estate. Love it. That's awesome. Uh, I also grew up in an immigrant family in Chicago and yeah, definitely different mindsets. Um, very hardworking mindset, you know, and actually surprisingly, like I'm the same way. Like when I grew up in school, I didn't really care that much about school, but when I, like I would count up the hours I was working at my part-time job after high school, like I was doing more of that math than my actual math work. So I, I cared more about like real life practical stuff than just, you know, books and things like that. So love the fact that you shared that. Um, so tell us more about what you're doing today. Like, what is it that if I came up to you and I said, hey, Ben, what do you do? What would you say to me on the street? Today, I help people do the same thing that I've done over the last 15 years, which is build a real estate business. So for 15 years, I, I did real estate. I bought properties. I sold properties. I became a lender, became a landlord. I've done just about every strategy. So I've become relatively strategy agnostic. Today, I help people understand the difference between building a business in the field of real estate and investing in real estate, which are two different things. So we've got a tribe. It's called Cashflow Tribe. Yeah. It's our community of amazing people that are pursuing freedom, financial freedom, and time freedom through the vehicle of real estate. So we've got an amazing team, a great group, and you know we serve people every single day in that capacity. So in addition to doing a ton of real estate deals, still lending a lot of capital, uh, still practicing my craft, but uh, really helping people do the same things. I think it's amazing to share the news on this stuff. Definitely, yeah. And what are some common um, some common strategies that real estate investors are doing, or that you're help help teaching people to do? So some common ones that people could apply. Well, let me hit you with some fundamentals here, because yeah. I mean, strategy is a very uh, very obscure word for me. I think there's a language around real estate that many people confuse. Yes. So again, I'm strategy agnostic, meaning I don't actually care 
what mm-hmm. strategy I'm, I'm deploying, what I care about is a meaningful result. Mm-hmm. One of the most fundamental things, the difference between what we talk about at Cashflow Tribe and what I see a lot of other practitioners talk about, for me, I built a business in the field of real estate. So I was a millionaire by 30. I did 300 deals in 10 years because I was focused on the foundations of business where a lot of people get stuck in the foundation of real estate. Yeah. So they go, I'm a real estate investor. The truth is most people are not. Yes. <laughs> most people don't have any money. Most people are actively running a small business and they're calling it investment. If you're a landlord and you're listening to this and you're managing your own property and you put 20% down and you're leveraging the bank and you're actively doing this every year and you're looking for, like, you're not an investor, you're a small business owner. Yes. So what I really, what I really preach to my tribe is helping them understand that if you want financial freedom in five years or 10 years or less, you need to create an active business. That active business will produce profit, which can then funnel your passive real estate goals. But that's my biggest conviction is that so many people are focusing on, you know, the slow way of doing this, thinking that they're an investor when frankly, if you have to touch it and you have to move it and you have to manage it, that's no longer investing. That's now active. How do I know? Because it gets taxed as active income. Yeah. So the IRS knows what it is, but many of us don't know what it is. So that's, that's a foundational principle for me is we're all business builders. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we start talking about the basics of business, as it applies to real estate, I think that is one of the key ingredients that opens up the opportunity for most people in this space. You know, Ben, uh, this is going to be like the uh, uh, 40th episode on this show. And um, I've talked a lot about real estate, but this is the first time somebody made the distinction between business, the business side of real estate and the real estate side of, of things. And you're right. If you are actively talking tenants, you're actively talking to your lender, you put your down payment. Yeah, you're, you're a small business owner and that product or service happens to be real estate. Um, now, if you go out, for example, and you invest in passive deals and syndication, then you would be a real estate investor, you know, a limited partner in that sense where you're not doing any work at all. You're simply just funding it and agreeing to the terms and conditions of that deal. And that's it, which I think, and both of those, right, correct me if I'm wrong, but both of those have their benefits in certain ways. They're all applicable, man. But I think we just use the wrong language in many cases. You're right. Many people, when they want to become involved in this business and they want passive income, they have to go through active activity to achieve the passive. And we don't give weight to the active. We only give weight to the passive. We all like, I want passive income mailbox money. Most of us don't actually mean that. Like most of us don't actually want passive do nothing all day money. We just keep telling the world we do because it sounded good on a postcard and we heard about mailbox money and all it does is provide a false narrative to most people for what they actually want. So I challenge somebody and go, what do you actually want in six months from now? Man, I want, I want 20 grand a month of passive income. Do you want 20 grand a month of passive income or 20 grand a month? And you're your own boss. Which one is it? Well, I would like the, the first one, but the second one seems more realistic. Listen, just get to the business building, build 20 grand a month of income by spending a couple hours a day. And then mm-hmm. from there, you can convert that active income into more of a passive approach. But the worst thing I think people do, man, is they go to a job, they save 20% down, they use their after-tax dollars to purchase real estate, yes. and they become a slave to the game for the next 30, 40 years. So I don't know about your previous guests, but I'm a big believer that if you can shave time in this business Yes. If you treat it like a business or it could take 30 years to do what you can do in five, but that is a very conscious decision, my friend. And I think if more people realize they had that option to them, they would take it under a different lens. 
This is the reason why I get to travel at 36 years old, make millions of dollars a year with real estate and not have to work that hard. See, I realized something simple about immigrants. A lot of them are hard workers. Yes. Unfortunately, though, a lot of them, all they know is hard work. <laughs> You're so right. That's spot on. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> that, when, yeah, it comes, yeah. when it comes to real estate investing, man, I find that a lot of Americans and Canadians, all they know how to do is work hard. Yep. They don't know how to think better. They don't know how to think more constructively about raising capital. Like this is a money raising show. I yes. raised $36 million of non-bank financing to get started in my company. And I used that to deploy into active real estate and passive real estate transactions. And I was able to fuel the capital and, and get what we call the velocity of money. My money was moving so quick in and out of transactions mm -hmm. that allowed me to create a level of velocity there, which, which ended up in profit. And really profit is what we're all driving to. So that, that for me is a big differentiator. Let me kick it back to you though, because I, I can get pretty hammered on this stuff, like get really detailed and keep knocking out these points. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, tell us more. How did you raise $36 million? Walk us through that process. I had no choice. That's the answer <laughs> I have for you, okay? I'm 21 years old. I want to buy real estate. I don't know how. I just dropped out of music school. And because I didn't want to be in the system, frankly, I, got, I, I, I didn't want to be stuck in the box where I was told yes. what I could make the rest of my life. I didn't want to become... A, a professor of music, which is where I was headed because I would have to go work for somebody. So yes. I didn't want to be an employee. So I dropped out. As I'm dropping out, I'm studying, I'm reading. And I started reading all these other very practical books in real estate. I wanted to learn the idea that, you know, I heard that you could leverage real estate. And if I read somewhere that if you want to become a millionaire, all you have to do is figure out how you can buy a million dollars worth of real estate, lease it out to people, AKA rent, Yes. And then let them pay it off. And in 25 years, you're a millionaire. And that to me was so basic and fundamental. And I thought I could do that. So I started going out to solve the two problems that I realized that everybody was having. Number one, nobody could find the right kind of property. Apparently it was hard to find properties that made sense. And number two, the hardest part was nobody knew how to get money. See, I realized very soon that if, if it was truly a 25 year game, that meant that if I bought all of those properties in year one, in 25 years from then, I'd be debt free and I have all this real estate. That was my thinking. Mm -hmm. But I realized very shortly that, wait a minute, if I didn't buy all the properties in year one, I wouldn't actually be a millionaire until 25 years from the last property that I bought. So that took me 10 years to buy 10 properties, assuming they're 100 grand each. It would have been 35 years. So for me, it was basic math. How I got started in real estate and raising money was, was, was understanding that, number one, I didn't have enough money to do this on my own. I had to go and get money. And number two, I wasn't bankable. I went to the bank. I didn't have a job. I didn't have, I didn't have what the bank wanted me to have so that mm -hmm. they could qualify me for a mortgage. So I had to start asking different questions. Is there a different way? Is there another version of a bank? Could I create my own bank? And out mm -hmm. of this obscure thinking, it led me down the path of raising capital, talking to people and building what I call today the most important thing to a brand new entrepreneur is relational capital. Yeah. Everybody around you has money. Everybody around you has gone to a job. They saved their income. They have, they have retirement savings. They have stock accounts. They have home equity and they have cash in the bank making them next to nothing. Yes. What they don't have is the grit. They don't have the knowledge they don't have the courage and they don't know how this game works. So if you can become the confident operator, 
then money is relatively straightforward to find. But it's about confidence. Money goes to confidence. Money goes towards stability. Money goes towards productivity. So if my neighbor has 100 grand in his home and it's producing nothing for him, and I know how to take 100,000 and turn it into 140,000, yes. couldn't I pay him $10,000 in exchange, giving him a 10% return on that 100K? Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's my fundamental thing. It doesn't matter what money costs you. Yes. Are you more valuable than the ROI? Do you know how to create wealth out of 100 grand? Can you take 100,000 and make a 20% annualized return, a 30, a 40, a 50, a 60? And if you can, you can pay 5, 6, 7, 10, 12, 15, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Most people, though, they want to get money at 2%. Yes. Because most people are consumers, not investors. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm going down some rabbit holes here, man. But most people are operating under the assumption of what a consumer does. They walk into a bank, they get a loan, they buy a property, which means you have to qualify. Yes. The bank was not designed, the retail bank was not designed for you to leverage it so that you can become wealthy. The retail the bank around. was designed, yeah, man, it was designed to sell you a product. Yeah, absolutely. Mortgage yeah. product that you're going to pay on. So I decided to become the bank. And the way to build the bank is to source capital become the operator yes. and learn how to redeploy. So you want to be the bank, learn how to deploy capital at a higher rate than what it costs you. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking of the saying, like, if you don't have a plan for your money, somebody else will, you know? <laughs> so, you know, and, and another thing too, is that coming to my mind is that like, you know, you're right. Everybody has money and everybody has money in the bank. And I think like at this, at the, at the, it gets to the point where if you can solve a problem for people by increasing their ROI more than a bank would or more than the stock market could, um, they're going to be coming to you. Like the, the approach is going to be inbound. It's going to be coming to you. People are going to be coming to you uh, to ask you, like, what should I do with this money that I have sitting in my bank earning me 0% interest, you know? And I think that when you have your confidence and as well as your knowledge and expertise on real estate, like all that combined together, um, will give exponential results. And, 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 and I used use another word earlier, it's velocity. You know, velo- I love that word because it's momentum and it's momentum on top of more momentum. It's, it's like compound interest. Um, you know, it, you can start from like, it's like the say, it's like how somebody goes from one property to five to 10 to like 50, you know, it's like the exponential growth and the velocity helps that. Uh, what are some other things that like, you know, that you're doing other than real estate right now that, you, that you're helping people with? So we obviously help people build businesses. Yes. Many of them are in the field of real estate investing, but we also have a lot of other businesses because once you know how to build one business, you can apply the same logic, marketing, sales, operations, and finance to any other pursuit. Business isn't magical or special. Yeah. Business is fundamental. Yeah. So we build other businesses. We build media companies. We build education. We build obviously real estate investing firms. Uh, you know, we'll build products. So we really apply it to different things. And it's the same construct. So my big benefit in life is that I really struggled to figure out how to build a business in a relatively straightforward industry like real estate, uh-huh. which then allowed me the skills and the acumen to help other people build businesses and partner. So we joined venture with business owners to build out businesses in different verticals and not always in the real estate industry, but in different verticals and different parallel industries, because it's very, very similar construct to real estate. Business is business here versus here. Tell me more about joint venture. Like, can you give us an example of what, what, what it means and how, how you applied it? Yeah, joint venture is simple. Somebody has money, somebody has a deal, and there's usually a person in the middle. 
if you learn how to become, you know, what we call the middleman or the supplier, the provider, every industry out there has a middle person, mm -hmm. right? You go to Costco and Costco gets their products from somewhere. Yes. And then they mark up the product and sell it to you as the retail consumer. So you need to be that in, in the token of money and deals. So yes. the way that a joint venture would work is simple. If I'm a brand new business owner, I have one of two things. I usually have time or more money. One of the two I have, time, energy yes. versus money. Ask yourself where you're at. A lot of new people, young people in this business don't have a lot of money, but they got a lot of time. So if, if that's the case, then you need to go and find active deals. You got to go find flips and wholesales and properties you can keep long-term and properties you can convert into a, an Airbnb. And yes. if you are willing to spend your time to build the mechanism to find deals, well, then there's plenty of people that'll joint venture with you and bring all the capital. So this happens when I, when I first got started, I approached the guy and said, I found a property in my local city back then. It was during 2013. I said, I found a property for 45,000 bucks. Very, very cheap property. I'd like to buy it. I'd like to fix and flip it. By my assessment, it's going to be another forty, forty-five thousand dollars in rehab. I'll get it to ninety thousand cost basis, and it's worth probably about one hundred and ten. I found the property. I will do the work. Can you bring all of the money? The entire hundred percent purchase price. And he looked at the risk, and he looked at me. And he said, "Well, I like you. I like that you're willing to work. I like your character. The property's fine. I'll give you the money." So a joint venture is when somebody really brings one finite resource, another person brings the other resource, and all of these rules that banks throw out go out the window. Yes. There's no 80, 20, 90% down. All of that stuff is fabricated to keep you in a box. In the private sector, that stuff doesn't exist unless you walk in with limiting beliefs. If you walk in going, I'll put 10 down and you do 90, you're creating that narrative. It doesn't exist. In my world, dude, put 100% down. I'll do the work. Or vice versa. Now in my world, I do a lot of JVs as the money guy. Yes. For the last seven years, I've been the money partner. So I have a lot of new hungry entrepreneurs in this space who get started flipping. They get started wholesaling. And I bring all of the capital. In many cases, the purchase and the rehab capital. All they need to do is do the work, execute, complete it on time, and prove that they can do it. Because I'm not looking to do one-off transactions with people. No, yeah. It usually leads to a relationship and we're doing deals every month or every other month we're closing a deal together. So that's what a beautiful joint venture looks like is when you distinctly bring one piece of value to the table and you remove the, the keyword that I freaking hate, which is qualify. Oh, yeah. You don't need to qualify to buy real estate. You don't need to qualify to own real estate. You don't need to qualify to be a wholesaler. You're the one forcing yourself to qualify. There's plenty of other people that don't need you to qualify. They just need you to show up. Yeah. And be open yeah. And, and be productive. I love it, man. You're, you, these are so many key points, you know, and, and I would take it even a step further. Some people even think that you have to qualify to be wealthy. You know what I mean? And we don't, you, you, if you want to reach certain things, you first, you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe they're possible. And then you also have to be around people like yourself who their energy, you could use that as momentum to learn from them and to get to the next, the big next level, you know? Well, let I me throw this because now, yeah. now you're saying this, dude. Everybody has something that they're valuable in. Every yes. single person, right? If you have good energy, but no knowledge, go find somebody with knowledge with no energy. Mm -hmm. If you have a desire and somebody else has capital and they don't know what to do with the money because they don't have the desire to figure it out, what you do, go partner and go connect, go talk. So just thought that as an important piece to add that every single person is inherently valuable. You said you have to qualify to be wealthy. Man, 
that, that, that level of thinking is so broken, right? When somebody thinks that way, because I don't believe that. I believe you to make a decision to pursue wealth and in the pursuit of wealth, you're going to achieve it. It might take you longer. You're going to fall, but you're going to get back up. But there's no qualifying. Qualifying means one human is better than another. Yeah. No such thing, right? Show up. I think that's the key word. Show up, have integrity, and be willing to go the extra mile and do the work. Just want to throw that in there. I think it's important. Yeah, no, I love it. I, that's, that's perfect. Um, and is this, what you, is this what you guys do? Like you have like a mastermind or like a course? And how, walk us through that. Like, so I reach out to you now, Ben, I need help. What is it that, what, what do we go through? Yeah, we've got thousands of people in Cashflow Tribe. We have a general community where people show up, they learn, they use our resources. We've got tools built to help you get started. If you're getting deal number one, there's a community for that within our community. Our tribe is larger. So there's also events. There's a group that attend events. There's a group that, that, that want to build a real business. So the real question is, where are you at in your growth? Where are you at in your personal hero's journey? If you're on deal one, it's time for you to get empowered, yes. equipped, and start taking action, get mobile. If you've got a property or two, it's really about multiplying and doing it again, but better, faster. Mm -hmm. Then it's more about resources and accountability. And it's like, it's like going to the gym. If you want to get in really good shape, you're going to need a coach. Yes. And then there's the next level, which is the mastermind level. These are for people who are already business owners in this space. They really want to like have accelerated results. They want to build a real business in six months or less. And they want to be able to generate 100 grand a month, 50 grand a month, 300 grand a month of active income in their business to deploy back into their passive real estate holdings. Or they simply want to approach it from building a bigger real estate portfolio, get hundreds or thousands of units instead of just a couple or a dozen units. So the velocity and the speed determines where you're going to be, where you're the right fit. But I, I, I tell everybody, start at the bottom. Be willing to be empowered. Be willing to be equipped and be willing to mobilize. Because I think most people, they talk about it. There's so many well-educated, well-versed real estate investors that haven't done any real business because mm -hmm. they were talking when they should have been doing. Mm -hmm. And that's just the truth. So yeah, I, there's no shortage of opportunity in this world. There's no scarcity. I just think you just got to get plugged in and get going. For, for sure. And who are some of your, your mentors or like our role models, people you look up to that you, you've learned from either that are, you know, personally or through books or are not alive anymore? Or who kind of walk us through that? Who, who are some people you look up to? Yeah. So the first and most important role model has been my father, just watching him escape communism and just have a level of perseverance about him that is just unmatched anywhere. And by watching him and my mom, who are just exceptional human beings, it really created in me a, a, a a mindset that really anything is possible and all you need to do is persevere and find the angles when somebody's stopping you need to keep moving forward so that was really kind of what got me started in the space in the first place and then a couple years into my real estate journey i had done a couple deals uh, sorry a couple dozen deals by that point i really was looking for a better way you know i'm a person who, who really values time and when i value time you know i go by i go by humble because I'm always asking bigger and better questions of how can I create a better opportunity? How can I leverage what I've done even at a higher level? So, you know, now I'm almost uh, about 400,000 almost in personal mentorships that I've spent money on different coaches in the real estate space and the business owner space, um, you know, just e even on product space, like spending money on people with people who have done it where I can get guidance as I'm doing it, people who have been there. So 
you know, some of my mentors like Mark Evans and, you know, Judge Graham and Matt Monero and, you know, Chris Root and there's different people in my life that have come and go. Um, and then obviously a slew of books and stuff like that. But I'm always actively in two or three different mastermind groups because mm-hmm. I believe you need to level up. Yeah. If you don't level up, how are you going to help other people level up? If, you're, if your mentor is stagnant and not growing, that just assumes that he's complacent. And then why would you spend time with anybody who's complacent? So I, I believe be, in, in yeah. evolutionary learning. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Well, I mean, I'm okay with being the smartest person in the room, but how much time do you spend there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the only room that you're in? If yeah. so, then that's not going to help you grow. But I believe there's a constant push. And then that's when, you know, a lot of people promote their best numbers. They promote their ego, their pride. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm the greatest. It's fine. You know, there's moments where you do that um, as a person to feel good. Not that I agree with that logic. I think arrogance is the enemy, man. Like, yes. You want to be arrogant and assume you've done it all. You, you're just going to stop. You're going to play smaller. You're never going to reach out. You're going to become a shitty human. Yes. That's just what it is. So I, I believe in staying in an attitude of thankfulness mm-hmm. and being willing to constantly ask, am I on the right path? Am I moving forward? Am I doing what I want to do? And, and am I aligning with my vision or am I just straight up grinding? A lot of real estate investors, because they don't know how to raise capital, they grind all day. Mm-hmm. They go to their job, which is a grind. They save their 20%, which is a grind. They cut back on all expenses and things in life that they like, which is a grind. They're in a bad mood all the time, which is a grind. And then they bought one duplex and got 200 bucks a month in cash flow, which is a grind. <laughs> Grinding is an answer, right? Like it's going to take you a hundred years for you to get to where you want to be. <laughs> the math doesn't line up. You got to find ways to align with your vision, bring people who have a lot of capital into your life, bring yes. people who understand the business, AKA mentors into your life. And you need to use what you have, your time, your energy, and your limited resources to understand, to comprehend, and to gather resources, knowledge, training, so that you can start deploying those things. I believe when you have a confident person in your proximity, you're going to become more confident. Mm-hmm. You know, we transmit confidence. We transmit knowledge into people. You got to spend time. You need proximity. So I think there's four things. There's ambition, which everybody mm-hmm. has a level of. There's humility, which... Some people need more of because humility allows you to move forward and learn. There's proximity. You got to pay for proximity in many cases. And then there's a defined goal that you're accountable to. That's the four things. If you're missing one of those four, that's why you're not growing into real estate mm-hmm. or your business or your marriage or your personal development or your fitness. I think you got to have those four elements. And I love the last one, goals. That's a big one. That's what, that, that's what differentiates just dreams from actually achieving things. What are some things, like, do you have any tools you want to share with us on, on how you reach your goals? Yeah, I recognize that we're inherently lazy people. We're always going to default to the area of, of greatest comfort. That's how we're hardwired as a society. So I, I'm a very big believer that you cannot create accountability in your own life. Mm-hmm. When people have goals, they don't have goals, they have desire. Yeah. And desire by itself is useless. Desire just has, gives you the picture. To get to the result requires accountability. The only way to create accountability is through third-party accountability. Why? Because we as humans are also hard, hardwired to avoid pain, to avoid discomfort, and to avoid feeling guilty or being wrong. When you pay another human being for accountability, or you're in a mastermind group, or an accountability group, you have a coach, you have a mentor, and you've paid with your real hard dollars to be there. And they give you the right information for you to execute on. 
when you don't execute, you're going to feel terrible. You're going to feel like a horrible human being for not living up to your goals and expectations. So the fear of failure, the fear of embarrassment is actually greater. That fear is greater than your desire to succeed. So I think people should be pushed by their fears, not their desires. So I don't want to be embarrassed by this guy. I paid a lot of money to be in this room. It's money that I maybe don't have. And and I need to take you super seriously, which means you're going to get up on Saturday and go deal hunting. You're going to make those 20 calls you're supposed to make, but you're too afraid to make. So mentorship isn't that you're stupid and don't know what to do. Mentorship is that you're smart, but you're lazy and you won't do it. Mm -hmm. That's what mentorship is. Yeah, it's, it's incredible how like people will work a nine to five job, like diligently, they'll do like extra work if they have to, they'll show up early to work, like if their boss wants them to do something, they'll do it on time because they have to. But then the second they become self-employed, you know, it'll be years until they do a website, until they do their logo, until they reach out to a mentor, like they take their time with these steps when they're self-employed, you know, but whereas when they're working for somebody, everything is like in the moment, like flash, like everything's done as soon as possible. I think you should take those same, those same urgent principles and apply them into your, your, your self-employed business. Yeah. T- time is a lie, man. Everybody yeah. who says they don't have time are just lying to themselves and the person they're talking to. What you're saying is you don't know how to prioritize. Yeah. And you don't have discipline. It's that simple. See, a person with discipline will prioritize the things that matter based on income, based on impact, and based mm-hmm. on family and other things that matter to them. Yes. People who refuse to choose are immature people. Mm-hmm. That's the truth, right? I don't have time. I'm too busy. No, no. You're just not choosing your priorities because, frankly, you live on a low level of emotional maturity, right? You, you can't have it all. You know, I think when growing up in this economy, everybody's giving you a gold star for your effort. It's breaking your mindset. It's conditioning you to believe that a gold star is the way to go. So we become a self-employed, let's say a business owner as a real estate investor. We want a gold star because we did something. I looked at a house today. Yeah, but business doesn't care that you looked. Did you make an offer and did you close the deal? Right? Well, I watched a YouTube video on how to buy real estate. Nobody cares. There's no star. You either did it or you didn't do it. And I think the most important thing for people is to go, what do I want for my life? Let's just say that for your life, you want to travel, you want to live with your family, you want to go abroad, you want to give money to charity, you want to have nice things, and you want to just generally not be in a position of stress over money. Then you need to ask yourself, what does that cost? There's a price to that. Okay, that's going to be $2 million. Okay, great. Then you have to ask yourself, how much time can you keep doing what you're doing before you die yeah. of, of, of stress, anxiety, whatever? Give yourself a window. Okay, two years. In two years, I need to be done all this noise. Great. Then you got two years to make $2 million. Now break it down by the month and you know exactly what you're supposed to do. Well, then I can't make $83,000 a month. Sure you can. If you start with the idea that you have to make $83,000 a month. Yeah. See, when you start with that idea of $83,000 a month, you're going to hang out with people that make $83,000 a month. You're going to start taking the activities that they start taking to get $83,000 a month. You're going to start talking to the kind of people who actually have $83,000 to lend you to do a deal. So you're going to be in a different environment, a different level of ambition, a different level of clarity, so you can actually achieve $83,000 a month. I hang out with people, and if somebody in my circle has $83,000 a month, that is a horrible, shitty month. Yeah. See, my yeah. circle of friends, 83 grand is a bad month. You gotta, but you got to pick who you're associating with. 
if, if you don't hang out with people that make more than five grand a month and they don't have goals and don't uplift you and aren't positive and aren't supporting you and aren't helping you create legacy wealth and helping you build companies, you're hanging out with the wrong people, then mm-hmm. you'll never get to 83 grand a month, which means that two years just became 20. And that's, that was the trade-off. See, it's not, it doesn't hurt me that you don't get mentorship. It's going to hurt the 18 years of what you could have done with $2 million in your bank and free time. And that's how seriously I take this because I think people don't do that. And I'm 36. I'm financially independent. I build things because I love to and I'm passionate, but I've been living off of my real estate investment business for years now. And I get to be anywhere in the world and I get to do what, what I want with whom I want. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I was serious about the outcome, not just about talking about the outcome. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You were focused on the verbs part, the doing part, rather than just the planning part or the thinking part. You thought of it, there was a plan, it started somewhere, but then it was executed after that. There, was, there were actual steps that happened that finished numerous times until you got the results. And then even after you got the results, you kept going and compounded that and you kept going. I love it, man. This is awesome. We could definitely I'll talk about it. On one, I'll take yeah. it on one level deeper here. Yeah. Hope is what gets you started, right? Yeah. Everybody has hope, but it takes faith. Faith is an action. Faith is a verb. You need yeah. to move. If you want to be a wealthy real estate investor and you want to go raise a million dollars, what did you do today? Yeah. If the answer is I did nothing, then you don't have faith. You don't actually want the goal. What you want is, is to think about and have desire yes. for the goal. Desire is a very low level human emotion because it's free. <laughs> That's the problem with desire. There's no value to it because it's an abundance. Things of value are scarce. You know what's scarce? Action. Yes. Faith is scarce. I mean, I have no faith in what I'm doing. That's why you're not going to do it. You're speaking that into your life. Yes. Man, I, but one day, uh, one day, dude, one day you'll be dead. One day won't matter. <laughs> like it, it doesn't, in, in all seriousness, you know, my cousin who's, you know, one of my best friends, he passed away four oh, months ago at sorry. 32 because of a heart attack. Like, dude, that just happens in life. And when you go one day, I'll do it. I'll wait for the perfect market, the perfect timing. Number one, you're very arrogant that you're assuming you'll actually pick the perfect timing. And number two, all you're doing is wasting precious time that you may or may not have 10 more years to do this. So the best time to start is like right this second and get super serious, get very accountable and become a very mature thinker about this because Listen, making money and building wealth and raising capital is simple. It's just a little bit harder than what people want it to be. Mm-hmm. And that's why they don't do it. It's not hard. It's just a little bit harder than you want it to be. I agree 100%. Yeah, I think we make it more complicated. Yeah, we make it more complicated than it actually is from our own fears and you know, our desires. Like, like you said, desire could actually be bad for you. Um, but yeah, definitely, man. Um, I, I loved having you on the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure. How can listeners connect with you and learn more about you? Yeah, if you want to get in my world, just connect at uh, humble.ceo. Mm-hmm. It's my site. You can get with everything. And if you want to start your real estate journey and want to get into an amazing community of people, cost you nothing, cashflowtribe.com is where you can do that. And I'd love to connect with folks and help them where I can. Perfect. And I'll be sure to add in the links in the show notes below. I will be on YouTube and all the other major platforms. Ben, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm looking forward to having you back on the show. Thank you.
Thanks. To learn more about what we do and how we can help you grow more wealth, please visit www.finassetprotection.com. That's F-I-N, assetprotection.com. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.